You and your dog are a team. Fuel is best in the field and in life with Purina Pro Plan Sport. Made for hardworking dogs of all ages, every sport formula starts with real meat as the number one ingredient and is specifically formulated to support strength and stamina. Try it today and see why ProPlan is the official dog food of Ducks Unlimited. Learn more at ProPlanSport.com. Mossy Oak has partnered with Ducks Unlimited to bring you Shadowgrass Habitat, the official camo of Ducks Unlimited. Shadowgrass Habitat pays homage to the first waterfowl-specific camo pattern ever made, Mossy Oak Shadowgrass, while incorporating the most realistic, digitally accurate images of the natural habitats that make up true waterfowl habitat. Mossy Oak is committed to conservation as its highest priority. With the launch of Mossy Oak Shadowgrass Habitat, Mossy Oak will continue funding habitat protection projects through our longtime partnership with Ducks Unlimited. Check out the new Shadowgrass Habitat pattern at mossyoak.com. Step into the world of Campus Waterfowl, a community that's shaping the future of the hunting industry. At Campus Waterfowl, we're more than just hunters. We're students. We're, students. we're conservationists. We're conservationists. With the next generation. the next generation. Join us as we highlight the dedication and commitment of young hunters nationwide. Visit CampusWaterfowl.com to become part of our story. Campus Waterfowl, the future of hunting starts here. We are the Ducks Unlimited Nation. United by our passion for hunting, the outdoors, and conservation. The habitats that Ducks Unlimited have been maintaining and building since 1937 have effects far beyond the duck hunting community. Follow along with our YouTube series as we tell your stories and become part of the Ducks Unlimited Nation. DU Nation. Take it outside. Welcome to the Ducks Unlimited Podcast, the only podcast about all things waterfowl. From hunting insights to science-based discussions about ducks, geese, and issues affecting waterfowl and wetlands conservation in North America, we bring the resource to you, the DU Podcast. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Ducks Unlimited Podcast. This is the Christmas special. I'm here with my co-host, Katie Burke, and Dr. Mike Brazier. Mike, let's go ahead and start the Christmas special off with explaining exactly what we're doing with the Christmas special of the Ducks Unlimited podcast. This is something that we wanted to build from, uh, build on from the from the Thanksgiving episode. Mm-hmm. I think in years past, when we've the past couple of years we've done the podcast, we've thought about doing some Christmas episodes, never really followed through with it, and this is you know a bit of a I think fair to say a bit of an experimentation. In what yeah. we're going to try to do here. Within Ducks Unlimited, we're going to be generating a number of other kind of Christmas messages for our our members and supporters, and I, I think people will see those coming out. And this is just another one of the things that we wanted. We wanted to try the Ducks Unlimited podcast for the people listening has obviously become something that that they uh, that they are listening to and has become part of maybe their daily routine or weekly routine. And so, yeah, just an opportunity for us to share some thoughts about Christmas maybe some stories of what it means to us, some of our Christmas traditions. And I think one of the things that we will do is is even bring in something related to waterfowl management, waterfowl ecology, harvest management, things of that nature, as it intersects with Christmas. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be a mix of things here. So that's the way I'm, I'm seeing it. Katie, anything to add? It's the first time all three of us are here together. That is right. right. Good point. And it's a great opportunity for you to wear that ugly shirt. Hey, this is not an <laughs> ugly shirt. Can I tell? Do you want me to tell the yep, story? I do. About, I do. So, so yesterday, yeah. not about this shirt. Do you hear the other story? No, oh, no. So yesterday, I come into work with a sweater. Maybe it was two days ago. Come into work with a sweater on. It's a Christmas. It's sort of a Christmas wintry themed sweater. And, well, because it has like snowflakes on mm, it, right? Oh, yeah. And so I go into the kitchen and Marcus is in there and say, hey, Marcus, how you doing? Say, hey, Brazier, good. N- nice nice to see you. I like that sweater. And then he turns and he says, you know, it's that time of year where, you ne- where you never know if someone is wearing, where you have to be careful because you don't know if they're wearing an ugly sweater <laughs> or not. <laughs> and so, of course, I say, Marcus, wh- wh- what made you think this was an ugly sweater? <laughs> so I had to go and buy something that was clearly 
not necessarily an ugly sweater, or ugly shirt, but definitely festive. It is right? very it's festive. It's very festive. We should describe it for the listener. It has French bulldogs on it. Pugs, I think. Pugs? Oh, even better. Like it's that. Uh, yeah, a short nose, small they dog <laughs> in stockings with candy canes. Oh, and with candy canes. It's beautiful. Yeah, it's beautiful. Well, your hat is nice too, Chris. Hold on, I have to Thank touch you. it because it looks like cardboard. No, it's soft. No, it's, I know it's a nice <laughs> shirt. So I just I decided to wear it the entire day. Yeah. So, so, Mike, to kind of kick this off, you know, we were kind of discussing the Christmas episode and trying to figure out how to get a waterfowl, waterfowling angle to this. And you brought up a really good point. That's a stat. You know, you're bringing statistics and science to the DU podcast. So kind of share with our audience exactly what you were talking about in regards to the Christmas holiday. Well, obviously Christmas occurs pretty much in the middle of the waterfowl hunt, hunting season across uh, across North America. And there was uh, an analysis that I was, that I was, I wasn't actually doing the analysis, but I was part of the group that was sort of an advisory type uh, role, or at least being con- consulted for the application of what this was, what we were looking at here. And the analysis involved breaking down harvest from the different surveys that we conduct across the U.S., both the parts collection survey as well as the uh, the hunter hunter diary surveys. Those two surveys are combined to produce estimates of harvest on an annual basis. When you combine data across uh, enough years, you can begin to build a picture of daily harvest uh, and how it changes over the course of the entire waterfowl hunting season. One of the interesting things that emerge from that analysis and when you plot the data on a daily basis is that the day, the lowest harvest day across the entire waterfowl hunting season is Christmas day. So if you're a duck, your chances of avoiding the gun, of avoiding harvest is highest on, of avoiding, you know, the mm-hmm. safest yeah. day for you as a duck during the waterfowl hunting season is Christmas whenever you look at the harvest statistics. And so we were kind of thinking about what would be the, the reasons for that. Chris, you brought up that some of the states close their season specifically for that, uh, exactly. on that day. Yeah, Arkansas um, closes Christmas Eve and Christmas, and traditionally that was designed, and now, this may not be necessarily true now, but I think originally it was designed to allow the guides, because there's so many guides throughout the state of Arkansas, um, to not have to go to work on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. And they've just kind of stuck with that tradition. And we can, I can obviously, I'll probably have to ask Luke Naylor if that's correct. Yeah. But, um, you know, that that was the story that I was told. But, um yeah, I mean, Katie, you have some pretty, you know, good experiences hunting on Christmas Day because you grew up hunting in Mississippi, and, right. and they're open. So ducks are not safe around Katie on Christmas. <laughs> no, we have uh, typically always hunted Christmas Day. With my family, we're basically done with, like, all of our family, like, big family gatherings by Christmas morning. So, like, we have, you know, we open Santa like everybody else, and then we go to my aunt's, and we all do breakfast, and by, like, 10.30, we're done. So my dad um, has always, it started off with just me and him. And um, we would go hunting every Christmas around like 11, Mm -hmm. which is weird for us to start at 11. But, you know, there's no one out there. Like you're literally the only people hunting. You don't hear a shot or anything. And we were usually like, it's usually easy. It's like an hour to two hour hunt. Mm -hmm. And we're home by one. And then over the years, we'd add a cousin or two, and now my husband goes with us, and now we'll bring the kids sometimes just to give them something to do. And, um, and are you successful on, on those Mostly, yeah. Hunts? I mean, there are definitely, you know, if it's a bluebird, clear, cold Christmas day, yeah, we're successful. Because you just call to them and they come, because there's nowhere else, no one else out there. But if it's cloudy and rainy, it's, yeah. Sometimes we don't, we'll just kind of like go out and like, and just look in the truck, which, you know, it's Christmas, so we probably have a beverage, and we'll just kind of look and be like, eh, not today. Yeah. Like, and then we'll <laughs> go back home and watch a Christmas movie. But, yeah, usually if it's a pretty day, we, we're out, we're done in about an hour. Because it's only two of us, so yeah, four ducks doesn't take. I guess so. You know, Christmas or hunting was never that I recall a big part of any of our Christmas traditions. Uh, it was, we were one of the folks, one of the families that would take the day off 
give the animals a rest, I suppose. <laughs> and we would uh, actually, we, we would usually have a couple of family gatherings on Christmas Day, so we wouldn't have the opportunity to finish up everything and even go out for afternoon hunt or anything like that. What about you, Chris? As I got older, I think we, uh, my dad and I would hunt some afternoons on Christmas, but never Christmas morning. I know, I definitely, I know we definitely hunted Christmas Eve morning. Um, that was pretty regular. When I was younger, and no, absolutely yeah. not. I, I was sitting around waiting on Santa Claus. Yeah. I wouldn't worry about going duck hunting. It is interesting because we had our Thanksgiving special, and I think there are more hunting-related traditions around that Thanksgiving date mm-hmm. than, there oh, are, for sure. than there are Christmas. Yeah. And it was kind of fun to reflect on those. Yeah, oh. for sure. We have a lot for Thanksgiving as yeah. well. But, you know, so I don't hunt. My, well, my family hunts Christmas Eve, but I don't because as, like— I always help my mom in the kitchen because we always have a big party and everything. So I always stay behind um, to help out and get the house clean. But, you know, it's it's interesting, like, to think about that way is, but we live 10 minutes from our duck hole. Like, I don't know if it'd necessarily be that way if we had to make more of an effort to go. Like, yeah. it was, it's not, yeah, we just can, like, literally, we just put our waiters in the back of the truck and go to, we go to Christmas and leave our Christmas pajamas on. <laughs> And go. Like, we don't make much of an effort to actually. Are you like some of those hunters that wear costumes in the blind? You have no, your hat no, on, like we, Chris we has his elf is, hat on. Are you wearing that? You're going to take that hunting? I probably will not. You should. Yeah, you I'm a big should. fan of this hat. It'll be but, warm. Yeah, but I'm also a bigger fan of actually shooting ducks. Yeah. And so this hat might might deter that. I don't no, know. No, Shovelers. They're, they're under the hunting clothes. You can't, the ducks okay. can't yeah. see, see our Christmas pajamas. How about you, Mike? What were some of your... Uh, any traditions, even if just around Christmas, something that would, you know, really relate. You you mentioned, you know, birds were a major part of your life, even when you were young. Um, share with us a couple of those they, stories. They, they, <laughs> they were. And I don't... I don't know if this had some subliminal effect on on my career <laughs> path, but it, it is an interesting story. And I, I actually brought a oh an item, a Christmas ornament here that features prominently in this in this story. It was it was my grandmother's mm-hmm. on my dad's side. And for those that listened to our Thanksgiving episode, you will hear you will remember I talked about how my grandparents, both sets of grandparents, live within a block of one another. And so we would go to one for lunch and then one for dinner. And we would do the same for Christmas. And we had larger gatherings at Christmas. My cousins from all across uh, Mississippi and from Indiana, even from Vincent's area, they would drive down. And so we had large gatherings at both of those houses for Christmas. And we would go to my grandmother and granddaddy on my dad's side for lunch. And it was, we don't have to go through all the meals again, but it was just sort of traditional, traditional Christmas meals. But the one thing that stood out, I mean, there's a lot of memories, right, around for family Christmases and gatherings. But the one thing that that stood out and was unique about my grandmother's house there at, at uh, for lunch is that when we would walk in, we would hear this bird chirping <laughs> from the tree. It, it's an ornament that she would plug in and hide deep within the tree. And if, of course, as kids, we would try to find it. And it was so well hidden, so well camouflaged that it was just like this big mystery as to where it was. And we would look for it and look for it. And finally, we would we would find it. But, but the, the joke is that everybody would get tired of it within about 20 or 30 minutes, maybe even a shorter amount of time than that. And so uh, I, I have it here. I'm going to plug it in for the people to to hear. But yeah, it's a chirping bird. Bring it closer to the microphone. Oh my. And so it's kind of a piercing. And and it just repeats that over and, and it over. never stops. And it never it's stops. It's not like unless motion you sensor plug it in. or anything. Nope. And until you unplug it. And so eventually hmm. one of the parents or one of the one of the adults would get tired of it and somebody would yell, Unplug that bird. <laughs> so my both my grandparents have passed and uh, like usually happens, you know, people will uh, people will ask for certain possessions that they had in their in their house and I wanted this. <laughs> that's, that's perfect. <laughs> so we we don't we sometimes we we put it in our Christmas tree now. But what we do, and I'm leaving this. Yeah, no, I mean, it should probably just go the whole time. Our producer's probably going to just cut that out. But but what we, better not. But what we, what I have to do now every Christmas is uh, I will, usually early in the morning, I have a recording of this on my phone 
a little wave file, and I will text it to every member of my family. And of course, that's they will play good. it, and it makes Christmas complete mm-hmm. yeah. for them. So that's pretty cool, and you know, just takes me back to that time and makes that pretty unique connection so with, with a, birds. I have a question. I'll unplug it. Now. I have a question. Please. Did, <laughs> did your grandmother give in and tell people where it was, or did she hold on? To oh the no, joke? she would. Uh, not that I remember. You know, she yeah. would say it, it's in there. You know, and it was usually. <laughs> Deep behind the tree, and you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like her. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that's that's a pretty cool ornament, and that's a cool story, Mike. You know, it's, we've talked about that a lot with even the Thanksgiving episode, where we relate all of this to family and holidays, and but there's so much that goes on as far as even waterfowl and waterfowling, and and we can relate. We're we're just trying to tie all of that together here. Um, Katie, did you have any other? you know, cool Christmas stories that you wanted I'm, to share? I'm interested in the movies. You mentioned movies that mm. after you after you're hunting you would you'd go back and yeah, watch a movie. Yeah, so um another tradition has to do with movies. Um, we really like matching Christmas pajamas in my family. <laughs> um, it all started like when I was in high school and we've we've stuck strong. Um, so one thing we also do after we go hunting, we go to the movies. Uh-huh. Every Christmas in our pajamas. We have no shame. Um, and yeah, we go to the movies every year. You know, since now that I have kids and we have little kids, like we'll see, you know, kids' movies, but we've seen, you know, everything. But we go to the movies on Christmas Day every night. Um, and we do it every year. So not necessarily Christmas movies, but we do always go to the movies. Do we want to ask what our favorite Christmas movies are? Want to poll? Well, mine's Christmas Vacation. Yeah, Chris. But Christmas Vacation's up there, but I do count Die Hard as a Christmas movie. That would lead to an entire debate. That's a whole debate. I don't yeah. have a strong opinion on that. I, don't I will. So <laughs> Christmas va- for me, I would say Christmas Vacation. I would also say, and this is because uh, this is my wife's favorite Christmas movie, uh, Christmas Story. That, that was one that we never watched growing up, uh, but it's one that she watches. Every and now we we both watch every year for Christmas. The other one for me is It's a Wonderful Life, and that every we, there was a, a number of years there where I, along with some of my high school friends and church friends, would go over to our youth director's house and we would watch It's a Wonderful Life mm-hmm. every. And we did that for I don't know ten. I don't know if it's quite ten years, but it was for a, a number of years. You know, as far as Christmas movies go, uh, my family was really big into watching Christmas movies. It wasn't something that we always had to sit down and do on that day, or but we would watch them throughout the whole holiday season. And um, I think White Christmas is right up there, the traditional White Christmas. Um, but A Christmas Story, it's funny that you mentioned that. Being from Indiana, uh, that actually, you know, that was a lot, like my grandfather really liked that movie. because He that probably was, has one of the lamps. Yeah, he probably <laughs> did. Yeah, no, but that that's kind of like right in his time frame. And, you know, so so that movie was was pretty awesome. And looking back on it, you know, the, the kid wanted the Red Rider BB gun and everyone told him he hurt himself. Well, that kind of rolls into my next story <laughs> that, you know, as I grew up hunting with my dad, you know, I always had borrowed my uncle or dad or grandfather's shotguns or whatever. And I got a Mossberg 500 trophy version 20 gauge for my, for when I was 12 years old at Christmas. And I've referenced it on the podcast many times because I still shoot that gun today. You know, it's one of those ones that I shoot a different gun and not comfortable with it and miss a whole bunch. I'll go back and get that same gun out. And so that that was like my Christmas when I was 12. And I thought, and we even shot it that day. We went out and shot it there. And, you know, on Christmas Day, it was so cool. I'll never forget that. But uh, did you have any Christmas gifts or anything yes, like that? So, yeah, best best gifts from Santa Claus. The one that <laughs> The one that stands out in my mind, I guess, would be a three-wheeler. You know, you couldn't give away like a, a three- big red. Yeah, like a yeah. big red. Nice. I, I don't, I don't know why, but that one does. Yeah. I, 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 I'd have to think about that a little bit. Um, I don't know, Rebecca. My my wife asked me that occasionally. What were some special gifts that you remember receiving at at Christmas? And I don't know. I, I don't. I don't have any other than the the three wheeler that are just that that form such a profound memory for me. I, I hope that doesn't offend my mom or my dad <laughs> from my dad's past, but my mom that doesn't offend my mom. But no, I, we always had a good Christmas, and the the, the big red three wheeler that that we re, we got that one year was probably the one that stands out. Now that 
three-wheeler ultimately was the cause of a broken foot. I was going to say, broken collarbone. Yeah, yeah some sort of broken yeah, Those big reds were broken collarbones <laughs> in a package. That's a, it was guaranteed. Yeah, so uh, what about y'all, well, Katie? Um, well, I'm the only girl here, so this will really say that. Um, <laughs> I love the movie and the book, The Little Princess, and I got, y'all won't even know, probably know what this is referring to, but she has a doll in it. Her name is Emily, and I got her and like all of her dresses, and I was super pumped. I came in, I remember seeing it. It was beautiful. I loved it. Yeah, and actually, I, I think it's still around today. Well, yeah, I can't relate to that. <laughs> yeah, I didn't think so. Yeah, I did, I did not get a little princess. But I think as I got older, uh, my my Christmas gifts transitioned. It was kind of, you know, look, looking back on it, just even for this show, kind of thinking about that, uh, my Christmas gifts transitioned from toys to, you know, packs of Winchester ammo and you know what I mean like yeah. as I got older you know squirrel loads duck loads things yeah. like slugs yeah. you know deer slugs so I, that, that's kind of how you know I relate that to the holidays and also relating it to the hunting season so part of the I think part of the reason why I have a difficult time singling singling out a Christmas gift that means so much to me is for whatever reason, I kind of confuse them with birthday presents. My birthday was November, so not too far mm. from, from Christmas. And I, But I think there was one year where my brother and I both received Browning A5 Belgium-made 20-gauge. And nice. so nice. if I am correct That's in that memory, fancy. that kind of has to yeah, go to the top of the list nice. now that I reflect I on it. I never got but, any guns for Christmas yeah. as the second hunter child in the family. I didn't? Got, no, I got hand-me-downs. <laughs> so <laughs> I never had like, no, there was never a gift, like a gun gift. I got like the first time I got my own gun was in college. Yeah. Uh, no, I take that back. That's a lie. I got a 243 <laughs> a rifle. <laughs> A, a 240? 240, 243. 243, yeah. And my niece and nephew and them all still shoot at deer hunting today. So yeah. it's still out there. And Mike, thanks for, you know, really throwing the wet towel on my Mossberg 520 <laughs> yeah. days. It's like, oh, by the way, I got <laughs> a matching a set of Browning A5s. <laughs> yeah, yeah right. that's, that's much cool. nice. I thought that, uh, <laughs> do y'all remember the DU Whistler, the 20-gauge Whistler? Do y'all mm -hmm. remember that? Yeah, that's what I shot. Yeah. Oh, yeah. At this point, we're going to pause to bring you some Christmas music performed by our very own staff here at Ducks Unlimited's National Headquarters. First will be Here Comes Santa Claus, performed by David Schusler on vocals and guitar, Craig Lashak on guitar, Joe McCleary on drums, and Chris Isaac on bass. Then after that, we will have Mary Did You Know, sung by our very own Miss Ashley Holiday. A one, a two, a one.
your baby boy would one day walk on water. Mary, did you know that your baby boy will save our sons and daughters? best in the field and in life with Purina Pro Plan Sport. Made for hardworking dogs of all ages, every sport formula starts with real meat as the number one ingredient and is specifically formulated to support strength and stamina. Try it today and see why Pro Plan is the official dog food of Ducks Unlimited. Learn more at ProPlanSport.com. Mossy Oak has partnered with Ducks Unlimited to bring you Shadowgrass Habitat, the official camo of Ducks Unlimited. Shadowgrass Habitat pays homage to the first waterfowl-specific camo pattern ever made, Mossy Oak Shadowgrass, while incorporating the most realistic, digitally accurate images of the natural habitats that make up true waterfowl habitat. Mossy Oak is committed to conservation as its highest priority. With the launch of Mossy Oak Shadowgrass Habitat, Mossy Oak will continue funding habitat protection projects through our longtime partnership with Ducks Unlimited. Check out the new Shadowgrass Habitat pattern at mossyoak.com. 
Step into the world of Campus Waterfowl, a community that's shaping the future of the hunting industry. At Campus Waterfowl, we're more than just hunters. We're students. We're, students. we're conservationists. We're conservationists. With the next generation. next generation. Join us as we highlight the dedication and commitment of young hunters nationwide. Visit CampusWaterfowl.com to become part of our story. Campus Waterfowl, the future of hunting starts here. We are the Ducks Unlimited Nation. United by our passion for hunting, the outdoors, and conservation. The habitats that Ducks Unlimited have been maintaining and building since 1937 have effects far beyond the duck hunting community. Follow along with our YouTube series as we tell your stories and become part of the Ducks Unlimited Nation. DU Nation. Take it outside. Dear Ducks Unlimited supporter, What can you say to someone who has given so much? Someone who works so hard to make the world a better place for all of us. Thank you doesn't seem like it's enough, but it's a start. Whether you've supported Ducks Unlimited for decades, months, or days, you're part of the DU family. A family that believes we all have a role to play. Family that's passionate about getting involved and becoming part of the solution. A family that remains committed to leaving a conservation legacy for our children and our children's children. There's always room at our table for family. And this Christmas, we've reserved the best seat at the head of the table just for you. Thank you for joining us as we celebrate a monumental year for wetlands conservation. And give thanks for the incredible progress we've made for waterfowl, wildlife, and our communities. Every acre that we've conserved is a victory, and together we've conserved over 15 million acres. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for everything you've done, everything you do, and everything you will do to ensure that the Ducks Unlimited family remains true to our conservation roots, our outdoor heritage, and our tradition of preserving and protecting everything we hold dear. Like I said at the beginning, part of what we wanted to do is, to the small extent that it might, people that would listen to this when it comes out, maybe it helps them reflect on mm -hmm. things that are important to them around Christmas, um, some of the traditions that they may have had. Heck, who knows? It may, it may inspire some folks to sit around the fire at the Duck Club and trade Absolutely. stories about what Christmas means to them. Uh, one of the things that did pop into my head that was always a tradition for us and, and continues to be whenever I go visit my mom and, and Bruce is... Uh, candlelight vigil on Christmas Eve at mm -hmm. our church. I know Christmas is very special to a lot of people in that regard, and that was always something that we enjoyed and still do. I think if Christmas is on a Sunday or something, they would suspend the service and they would just do the candlelight vigil the night before. And it's obviously that was a big part and continues to be a big part of what Christmas means to us. Yeah, and I think that's important to stress here. The reason why we're having this holiday or Christmas episode is really just to get people, you know, in the mindset and, and in conjunction with, you know, Ducks Unlimited podcast and, and to honestly say Merry Christmas to our DU family. I mean, I think that's important, you know, all across the board. The three of us, you know, talk to people within DU, outside of DU, you know, we kind of work in this, in the within the industry, I guess I should say. And, and this is a good opportunity to say Merry Christmas to all of them. Absolutely. Um, before we get out of here, though, Let's go ahead and share. I wanted to know, Mike, like what your plans were for Christmas this year. Just, you know, just kind of set the stage and here's where I'll be and probably recording podcasts all day on Christmas Day, right? <laughs> Not that I know of. <laughs> if so, we may have to talk. Um, I don't think we have any special plans this year. It is it is interesting that as, as we age and we go from our childhood years. I was talking to my mom about this just, just a, a couple of weeks ago. As we go from our from our younger years to adults, what we do on Christmas or any of the holidays, it necessarily changes, right? Mm -hmm. Because family members pass away, people get married, people have kids, people move away. And those traditions that we grew up with, and for some of us, and some people are fortunate enough to still live close enough or in the same city as, as their their, where they grew up and where all their family live, but others experience a situation where everybody moves away and there's this sort of uh, all these different traditions that emerge for people. And so that's sort of the case with us, with Rebecca, my wife's family being from Canada. We, for the past two or three years, we have been unable to meet with them mm -hmm. get, uh, to gather together for Christmas. So that's a bit of a disappointment. 
Uh, we were hoping that that Rebecca's mom would be able to come down and, and join us, but COVID is still kind of complicating international travel um, issues, some uncertainty around that. So there will probably be some some combination of my family in Mississippi and maybe other family that I have here in in Memphis getting together at some point for um, for you know just a Christmas gathering, hopefully at our house. And that has not yet been solidified yet, so we're a bit up in the air on that. Um, but other than other than that type of gathering, I don't think we have any any special plans right now. Katie, um, weirdly enough, my Christmas like is, hasn't changed at all. So to say that though, like Andrew's from Massachusetts, so obviously his family isn't here. Um, they're actually coming this week. His parents are, and we do like a little mini thing with them. But we kind of decided when we got married that. It's just so hard to travel back and forth that we just split it permanently and we go there for other holidays. And we always do Christmas here. And Christmas has always been kind of the big one in my family. So we kind of are the same that it's been since I was kids, but we just added people. Um, so we, you know, <laughs> I'll be in I'll be in Charleston, Mississippi with my family at my parents with my siblings and their spouses and their kids and their dogs. So many dogs. Santa Claus. So Santa, dogs. Santa Claus comes there. Santa Claus comes for was, all six of them. That was the thing that, <laughs> that always had to be negotiated anytime family members mm-hmm. from out of town. Is Santa Claus going to deliver here? Are we going to deliver back home? Yeah. And, yeah, no. All They all go to Noni and Pops' house and they go for all six grandchildren. And I mean, not to spoil it. So if you're in the car with any kids, I have a really good tradition that we started as adults. And one of the things that we do, me and my siblings, we, after we put all the kids to bed, we all help each other put Santa Claus together and we watch Christmas movies. And drink eggnog. Uh, at that point, we've already had a party. So it, <laughs> it, it, it's, well, it's kind of a mixed beverage. Some people are on to coffee, you know, because it depends on what they got to put together. Yes. Yeah. Unfortunately, I, my, they, I've had to put together presents longer because my kids are the youngest and they have the oldest. So I've been putting presents together for a long time and they owe me some years. <laughs> um, <laughs> so that's kind of our Christmas. We, you know, we do the same thing Christmas Eve. We have my extended family over. We go to church. They come over after. We do Santa Claus in the morning, and then we all go to an even bigger extended family breakfast. And then we're done and ready to hunt by 1030. It's awesome. Chris? This year is going to be really different for us because my wife and I, neither one of us have any family nearby. Uh, my parents are down in South Florida. My sister's in Indiana. Her family's all in Indiana. Um, and so this year we decided, we, we just kind of talked about it, and my parents were like, hey, we're, we're going to come to you for Christmas. So this will be the first time we quit traveling for Christmas once we had kids because it was kind of one of those deals where Santa Claus, we wanted Santa Claus to come to our house. Once they got old enough to realize what was going on, then we we wanted Santa Claus to come to our house. So we've kind of just stayed. And sometimes we've done Christmas with, you know, new traditions come about where, you know, we had friends come over from people from here in Memphis that we hang out with and we play games and do that. But this year, my my parents are going to come in town and that should be good. We're going to do a little bit different, uh, less traditional uh, holiday dinner, I guess, for my family. We're going to be getting a sack of oysters and some shrimp and we're going to be making gumbo on Christmas Eve. And so we're going to be, and some of my friends are coming over and they're, they have fryers. And so we're going to be frying oysters and shrimp and then boiling shrimp. And so we're just going to sit around and hang out on Christmas Eve. And probably on Christmas, we'll play games with the girls after Santa Claus has already come and gone. And so I'm just kind of looking forward to, you know, really being at my house with my family. Are you going to wear your cousin Eddie costume? Yes. Yeah. Right out in front of my pictures. RV. I yeah. My <laughs> RV. Well, that'd be you do. Front. That's what made me think of it, right? Just dump right into the sewer. That's exactly <laughs> right. Um, the funny part about that is when my, my dad's flying in and he probably hasn't duck on it in three or four years because now he lives in South Florida and he's like, it's too early and too cold for me to do that. But he's like, I, I'd like to go <laughs> duck hunting this year. And I'm like, cool. He's flying in on the 23rd. Arkansas is closed the 24th, nah. 25th, and he's flying out the morning of the 26th. So I'm, ha- I'm having to explain to him like, hey, not very good timing if you want to go duck hunting. <laughs> we, we want you here for Christmas, but not good timing to go duck. Pick another extended day. That's all right, extended yeah. day. Sure. Yeah. 
We're going to take another break here to bring you more Christmas music from my very own Ducks Unlimited staff. First off is an all-time Christmas favorite, Little Drummer Boy, being performed by David Schusler, Craig Lashak, Joe McLeary, Chris Isaac, Ashley Holiday, and Phil Pooks. Up next after that is going to be Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas, sung by Phil Pooks. We hope you enjoy these songs as much as we have enjoyed producing them. Happy golden days of 
faithful friends who are dear to us, gather near to us once more. Through the years we'll always be together, if the fates allow. Hang a shining star upon the highest bough And have yourself a merry little Christmas You got any favorite Christmas meal, like food? No, I really don't. Pretty boring in that regard. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm coming up with nothing. Because like our Christmas lunch and dinner was always was always traditional. You know, the, the dessert, I guess, was falling asleep in a recliner, recliner or something like that. Actually, I have another story just came to me. You want to hear it? I do. We do. So this was at my my mom's grandparents, my nanny and granddaddy. Every year our nanny would make the grandkids. There were two, four, seven of us, seven of us. She would make us put on a play for <laughs> That's the pretty family. Good. Yeah. And, <laughs> oh, I'm going to, I'm going to kill myself for not remember this. It was, oh, the name of the, the, and we would have to come up with, we would have to make it up. And we would like, oh, we would all get together as first cousins. And we would come up with the script and who's playing what part. And, and we have it recorded on the old. <laughs> yeah, we, can, we need that. We need <laughs> yeah, that recording. This is going to be and, good. And, <laughs> There was, uh, there was. I, I think, I think we did it more than one year. I, I, I think I said a minute ago that we did it every year. I don't know if that is true. I know we did it w- one year, maybe a couple years. But the one year that really stands out uh, was the name of the play was a joke on Santa Claus. We set a trap for Santa Claus, uh, and so we carried it out. And of course, the some of the adults were were having fun with us because one of my cousins was playing the the father in this play. And of course, we're all like anywhere from seven to 12 or 13 years old, something like that. And so my cousin Chuck lives here. No, he actually lives in Mississippi now, but he he created a fake mustache with some <laughs> mascara or some kind of some some kind of makeup and so his dad yells out at him while he was trying to carry out his line that he had practiced so hard at to memorize his dad yells out looks like you've been eating some chocolate pudding up there <laughs> and so his son gets mad and starts yelling at him and all that and so anyway that was a that was I watched that video every now and then it was a favorite memory um, and then we went up this up the road to my grandparents, my granddaddy and, and grandmother's house on my dad's side and performed that same play uh, up there. So cool. No, there you yet, go. Early y- performance. Yet Early another performance. Yeah, yet another I had a real small part, a little corny part where I think I'd I forget what I did. I forget my, my lines in that, but anyway. It where was, are you in the cousin lineup? Are you at the end? Oh, I'm pretty much in the, middle, in the middle, I think. Yeah. They didn't have much confidence in you to give you many lines. No, no, <laughs> no. I, was I Santa Claus? I think I might have been Santa oh, Claus. that's a no, real that's easy a, line. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's only one line. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, the cheesy line. Well, this, here's the real cheesy line. So I think I was Santa Claus. They had set a bell, um, set a bell out, and I, that was the trap. And so whenever I knocked over the bell, all the, everybody would wake up and they would catch me as Santa Claus. And so I knocked the bell over. And so my line was, well, you caught me. We might as well sing some Christmas carols. <laughs> you didn't even say ho, ho, ho? I think I might have. I don't All know. right. <laughs> Well, we got to see that that's, video. That's my memory yeah, of I need it to anyway. See that video. I, yeah, you had another fond Christmas memory <laughs> that we've shared here. Um, but, you know, I think that was the idea of all of this was to just kind of chit chat um, about Christmas, the season, what it means to us. And we have we've definitely learned that Christmas is 
you know, as far from a conservation perspective, Christmas is officially the safest day for the ducks. Safest day to be a duck and during the hunting season, yep. And now a special holiday message from our CEO, Adam Putnam. As 2021 winds down and all of us prepare to spend the holidays with family and friends, all of us here at Ducks Unlimited wanted to take a moment to thank you, our members, our volunteers, our listeners, our supporters, for everything that you've done to make this a record-breaking year for habitat conservation. We wish you and your family a safe and healthy and happy holiday season, and let's get ready for an exciting 2022. Mike, Katie, this has been fantastic. Um, I hope our audience enjoys just a little bit of Christmas chatter, you know, on the DU podcast today. And and I personally want to wish everyone a Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. I'd like to thank my co-host, Katie Burke and Dr. Mike Razor for joining us today. I'd like to thank our producer, Chris Isaac, for putting the podcast together and getting it out to you. And I'd like to thank you, the listener, for joining us on the DU Podcast and supporting wetlands conservation. Thank you for listening to this episode of the DU Podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show. And visit www.ducks.org slash DU Podcast for resources based on today's topics, as well as access to more episodes. Opinions expressed by guests do not necessarily reflect those of Ducks Unlimited. Until next time, stay tuned to the Ducks. Want to do a one, two, three, Merry Christmas. Yay! Woo! You and your dog are a team. Fuel is best in the field and in life with Purina Pro Plan Sport. Made for hardworking dogs of all ages, every sport formula starts with real meat as the number one ingredient and is specifically formulated to support strength and stamina. Try it today and see why ProPlan is the official dog food of Ducks Unlimited. Learn more at ProPlanSport.com. Mossy Oak has partnered with Ducks Unlimited to bring you Shadowgrass Habitat, the official camo of Ducks Unlimited. Shadowgrass Habitat pays homage to the first waterfowl-specific camo pattern ever made, Mossy Oak Shadowgrass, while incorporating the most realistic, digitally accurate images of the natural habitats that make up true waterfowl habitat. Mossy Oak is committed to conservation as its highest priority. With the launch of Mossy Oak Shadowgrass Habitat, Mossy Oak will continue funding habitat protection projects through our longtime partnership with Ducks Unlimited. Check out the new Shadowgrass Habitat pattern at mossyoak.com. Step into the world of Campus Waterfowl, a community that's shaping the future of the hunting industry. At Campus Waterfowl, we're more than just hunters. We're students. We're We're conservationists. We're conservationists. With the next generation. generation. Join us as we highlight the dedication and commitment of young hunters nationwide. Visit CampusWaterfowl.com to become part of our story. Campus Waterfowl, the future of hunting starts here. We are the Ducks Unlimited Nation. United by our passion for hunting, the outdoors, and conservation. The habitats that Ducks Unlimited have been maintaining and building since 1937 have effects far beyond the duck hunting community. Follow along with our YouTube series as we tell your stories and become part of the Ducks Unlimited Nation. DU Nation. Take it outside.